good to have everyone. Good to have all the guests today. Isn't that wonderful? What a beautiful thing. You like my shirt? Porn, porn kills love. How many know that? If you, if you don't know that, now you do. It absolutely kills love. I got my buddy here that's going to hit me. Hit me with a can, not with a good shot, but with a can right here. Good. Uh, Father's Market Thursday, they're in need of protein. So if you could, maybe there's a family that could bring 500 cans. I like to dream big. And you know, sometimes people will just bring a, a bunch, won't they? So need protein this week. So if you could do that, uh, that would be wonderful. They have an amazing ministry on Thursday's Father's Market in the clothing closet. And right now, everyone say protein. Protein. Does the body good. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Before we dive, thank you. Before we dive into the Word today, uh, I want to share just a couple of updates uh, with you. Uh, First of all, will you say this with me? Will you say legacy? Legacy. Thank you. If you don't know what legacy is, it's it's probably because you're new. And and, uh, what's happening is that we've sold this building we're in the process of buying a 772 uh, uh, Kathleen, and that's going very, very, very good. We were there uh, one day this week with Ben in the back and Ray Dean and myself and uh, a couple other folks just marking, not marking out, but finding the property pegs. And when we found a property peg, we'd put a new peg on top of it so we could see it. And it was super, super exciting. And the first one that we put in, we begin to pray over it. And, and it's just, uh, when you look at the property, it, it's different now because you signed the papers and that's going to be your new home, Lord willing. And it's just a wonderful thing. And then I had someone last week say, you know, you should tell, a, tell the church exactly where we are with Legacy. What Legacy is the campaign that we're trying to raise money for the down payment. The down payment, we have monies from the sale of this building, probably six or seven hundred thousand dollars that's going to come out of this building and then we also have a loan that we've got you only get a loan for a certain amount of what the property's worth and we have about hundred and fifty thousand dollars that we need to raise by May 1st will you say that with me May 1st uh, that's a very important date. We got to raise the money by then. I'm not even sweating it because I just know that um, I, I, we've got some serious financial backer, and his name is Jehovah Jireh. And the thing is, is that guess who God uses, though? He works through man. So I wanted to give you a total reality exactly where we are. 66 families have given. 66 families. One-time gifts. This is not the long-term commitment. This is one-time gifts. Those 66 families have given $65,727. Okay? So the first thing I want to do is thank those 66 families that's given. That's beautiful. You're giving to something that's very, very, very special. You're on the grassroots of our new campus, and what God's going to do in our city. And I I so appreciate that. Uh, 66% or 66 families in the church is 18% of the families in our church. So what's beautiful about that is that uh, we have 82% of families that's not given. So it gives a, a, a huge uh, possibility of a lot of more finances coming in to make up this hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars the most that's been given out of the 66 families is ten thousand and five hundred dollars 
and the lowest part of a, a family that's given, given has been one dollar. So everything in between there has been given. You follow me? I don't think that we should ever be a church that is the old 80-20% thing. Do you know what that is? In most organizations, 80%, 20% do all the giving, 20% give all, uh, do all the serving, 20%. That's not the way the church should be. Do you agree? I think it should be. A, I have great faith to believe 100%. We're not asking for... Uh, we're, not, we're, at, we're not asking anyone to, to give the same. We're not asking anyone uh, to give uh, in the sense of, um, what am I trying to say? Let me find my notes here. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. You follow that? Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. We had a, a lady walked up to Raiding uh, service before last, and she's a single mom. And she just said, hey, I want you to know that everyone can do this. And she gave her commitment to Ray Dean. Ben told me this week, if you don't know who Ben is, he's our chairman over the finances. And he told me this week, he said, everyone say, hi, Ben. Hi, ben. ben is the smilingest, nicest guy that I've ever met. And uh, he said this, he said, if, every, if the rest of the families, 82% of the families gave $300, then it would cover everything uh, for the down payment. So this single mom walks up to my wife and hands it to her. She says, I just want to let you know that everyone can do this. And she gave $300 for the, towards legacy. So I just wanted to let you know, um, <laughs> remember the sermon that I preached several months ago? We are they. How many of you remember that, we are they? Keep your hand up for a moment because the church has, has grown a lot and we are they is basically this. Everyone is always saying they. But nobody knows who they is. Oh, they're going to do that. Oh, they're going to preach the gospel. Oh, they're going to give. Oh, they're going to they build the church. Oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And the whole thing behind the sermon is, who is they? We is they. We is they. Look at your neighbor and say, you is they. It ain't nobody else, you guys. We is they. This is it. We the church. We is they. And we're going to do it, amen? And God's going to give us the help to do that. He's going to give us the strength and the grace to do that. So I just wanted to let everyone know where we are with Legacy. If you've not been over by the facility, I encourage you to go over there and pray over it and drive around it. It's a beautiful place, and it's right off of Kathleen, kind of behind Toyota. Used to be the old specialty building there, and we're excited. You know, I love to watch baseball, but more than watching baseball, I'd rather play baseball. you got to get off the bench. So I just encourage you, come on, come on, we as a family can do this thing, amen? Amen. amen. So uh, I've got all kinds of people that are so excited about the practical on-hands working of it. I've got a list of all these different folks in the church of what they do, anything from, man, from finished carpentry to, to you name it, man, I got a huge list going, and it's, it's just a wonderful, had a woman come to me last night, hey, me and my husband, we own a painting uh, business, and we want to let you know, I've already talked to my husband, we want to help you with the paint, and we got, and it was just very, very cool what God is doing there. What's needed by May 1st is $84,273 by May 1st, so, amen? amen. You with me? Yeah. You with Jesus? Yeah. Come on, amen. Uh, let me give you the next announcement before we dive into the Word is, Coming up in two weeks from today is Resurrection Sunday. That's a very special time for Christians. It's a special time for our whole world. The world, the, the history was totally changed 
at that point in time where Jesus died, but he didn't stay in the grave, but he rose from the dead. People get super excited during that time. I'm one of them because of what that meant. That meant sins forgiven. That meant eternal life. All kinds of things that it meant. Things were changed. I was redeemed. I stand redeemed. Heaven's open. You know, I'm redeemed because of what Jesus did. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Well, let me just tell you what's going on in that weekend so that you can begin to invite. We use Easter weekend as throwing a big net to reach the lost and reach prodigals and that those that don't know Christ. I remember going to an Easter service and I was a, had my Miami Vice jacket on. Y'all, how many of you remember Miami Vice? Just stick your hands up. You remember Vice. That means you're closer to my age possibly. Or you got on Netflix and watched something. I don't know. But, you know, Don, you know, not Miami Vice. And I went to church and it really, really impacted my life. And I didn't give my life to Christ that Easter, but it still totally impacted me. And a lot of people come at Easter because they just, that's what they do. They, they, they come, they don't understand Christ or maybe they don't know Jesus Christ and they don't understand the community of the church, but it's a great beginning for people that may be seeking and, and looking for community. And that, that day we throw the net. So Friday night, listen real good, on Friday night we have an all worship night. That's Good Friday. And I tell you, it's gonna be powerful. We're gonna have three spoken words through that all worship night. That's Friday night, okay? You with me on that? Saturday and the three services Sunday will be called Everything. It's gonna be a little bit more like a, uh, got a, we have a drama that's included in that illustrated, a little bit of illustrated sermon. And it's about everything because Jesus is our everything and he's done everything and it's all about everything, about the devil trying to take everything, but you know what? Jesus can come. He can restore everything and, and what he's done in our life. So that's over our resurrection weekend so i need you if if you see me sharing a video uh me and my wife in, inviting uh the community to come would you be willing to share that on facebook three or four of you okay five or six okay yeah, thank you, uh, because we shot that video, and it's going to be out real soon on Facebook if you'll just share that inviting folks. Amen? Let's dive into the Word. I'm speaking today still in the series of the Blessed Church, uh, the Blessed Life. God wants you to live a blessed life, and what does that mean? It may look way different than you think, or it may look way different what the world calls blessed, but I want to talk to you today about the test of the blessed, the test of of the blessed. If you're a believer, I want to let you know that you're going to be tested. And I want to talk to you about the person who passed the test. Their life is going to be blessed. The test of the blessed. Pray with me. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you've been doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you cause us to pass the test. Even when we fall, your grace is sufficient. And I just ask that you move mightily this morning, uh, even during this time, actually this afternoon, 1232, that you would touch every life here in this area of test to be blessed. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Um, that doesn't, hmm, just a minute. It's going, that doesn't look like mine. <laughs> How many of you like tests in high school? We usually have about two per service. One service was one person and I looked at her and I know, I said, Karen, I know why you like the test because you were the teacher. <laughs> Teachers like tests. I didn't like tests. And I want to talk to you about the test of the blessed. How many of you walked into class and the teacher would say something like, are you ready? And you'd be like, 
ready for what? And they're like, the test. And you're like, what test? And so, you know, I didn't like tests. I didn't like quizzes. I thought quizzes were going to be like 30 minutes of torment of my life. I didn't do very well in school, and I just don't like tests. And, and uh, the test that I did like in school was the fire drill. <laughs> How many of you remember the fire drill? That thing go crazy. And why? Because you got to go outside. It's like, take your time, man. Just chill. You were outside. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, uh, with that being said, uh, test. The number of 10 is the number of tests. Number 10. So I want to get you kind of going flowing with this this morning. The number 10. Can you say 10 with me? 10. Now everybody, 100% on three, say 10. One, two, three. 10. Thank you. And I just want you to get in that groove for a moment, okay? How many fingers and, and um, uh, thumbs am I holding up? 10. Very good. You're right in where I want you to go right now. So go with me. How many in Matthew 25? Virgins was tested with, with the, the, have their lamp trimmed and burning, having the oil and the lamp, and, and while the bridegroom came in. Has anybody ever read that? How many virgins was there? Ten. Oh, don't, don't, let, don't let me lose you now, okay? No, hey, everyone say ten. ten. Thank you. Good, that's exact. How many generations was there before the great flood of Noah back in the day? Ten. Ten, wonderful. How many times did God test Israel in the desert? You with me? So it kind of goes up and down in volume. Everyone say 10. Yeah. Good, good. How many days does it talk about testing and revelations? Yeah. How many times was Jacob's uh, his, his pay was changed by Laban? How many was that? How many times was it changed? I mean, that was a test. Yeah. 10. Good, good, good. Uh, how many lepers did Jesus heal in Luke 17? He healed, but only one came back to be made whole. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, how many days was Daniel tested? Ten. Good. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. I mean, there were, it was like the testing of Pharaoh's heart. How many commandments are there? Ten. How many disciples were there? Twelve. Just testing you. <laughs> okay. A test is not, God doesn't need to test you to, you know, a test is not out there for you. For God to find out what's wrong with you. It's not like he's testing you for him to find out what's wrong with you and what's your shortcoming. He already knows what's wrong with us. A test is made so that we know what's wrong with us. We know what our shortcomings are. Like Judas. Guess what Judas was always tested with? Money. How, you don't think Jesus knew who he gave the money box to? <laughs> that was his shortcoming. So it wasn't that Jesus was trying to set him up for failure. It was that he was being tested in that area so that he could overcome. What did he end up doing? What did he sell Jesus for? For money. Remember, he'd been all religious when the woman with the alabaster come in and goes, all oh, that money could have been uh, given to the poor. You know what he wanted? He wanted to steal that money. Okay, he was tested. And so many times our shortcomings were tested uh, in those areas. So today I wanted to cover 10 tests. And I actually covered the 10 tests last night. And then this morning, I covered five. And then 10 o'clock, I covered five. So my goal is to cover five. But my goal really was to do 10. I think I could do that today. I think I could cover all 10 this service and make each one of the points 30 minutes. And that would mean that we would have a service for five hours. Is that okay? 
Okay, that's, that's also a test. That's also a test. I would just slowly start watching people kind of like, hey, let's go. <laughs> oh, I see it. I see it. I see it all the time. Um, listen to this scripture, Proverbs 17, 3. The refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. 1 Peter 4.12, there's a beautiful word in here called strange. Strange. And I looked it up in the Greek and it pretty much, honestly, it means strange, pretty much. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some, look, strange thing happened to you. So that verse is telling me, hey, don't be shocked when you're going to go through something. Don't think it's a strange thing. I want to remind you of my theology. My theology is very simple. God is good. Heaven's good. Word of God is good. Devil bad. Hell bad. You follow me? So when I talk about tests today, there's things that I believe allow, God allows us to go through, but there's also, things, there's also things that we're faced with temptations and attacks of the enemy that's not from God. I mean, if you're battling cancer right now today, I don't think there's any form or fashion that's from God. Molested as a young child, I don't think that was from God. All those things, attacks of the enemy, temptations, what have you. But I will say something about anything that we go through. If you love God today, if you're in love with the Father, I want to let you know that He'll work anything that you go through for the good and for His glory. Romans 8, 28, it says this, and we know that all things, will you say that with me, all things? We know all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purposes. So we're going to dive into this today. The first one, the first test that I want to share with you today is that the test of faith. Your faith will be tested. If you're a non-believer today and you haven't come to know Jesus Christ and somehow you think, God, you know, I, I, I'm not going to serve God, but I'm definitely not going to serve the devil, and I'm just going to kind of serve right there in between. Hey, I want to let you know there is no in-between. There is no in-between. There is no gray area. Like Bob Dylan saying many years ago, he says, you may be an ambassador of the England of France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with some long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You know, there's a lot of truth to that song right there that you're going to have to serve someone. I think we just kind of like, well, I'm just going to camp, camp out in the middle ground right here. It's going to be good right here. There is no middle ground. I want to let you know the Bible makes it very clear. There is no middle ground. He says this in Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. And you he made alive, if you're a believer today, you who are dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, look how we were, who we walked with before, who we ran with before Christ, who once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of this air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. See, there is no middle ground. There's heaven, hell, there's black and white, and there's no box C for you to check. There's only A and B. Check this one out. You, but you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the 
praises to him, and look what, look what happened to you, who called you out of darkness. Either you're in the darkness or the light. He called you out of darkness and put into his marvelous light. We would like to think sometimes that there's a dimmer switch. I'm just going to kind of roll right here. There is no dimmer switch. You're in the dark and the light. There is a test of your faith if you're a non-believer today and that test i'm telling you right now if you're struggling with believing on the lord jesus christ is because you're in a test and god wants to help you win that test jesus has made a way for you to go over and he will cause you to pass a test because see when you pass the test you will be blessed but there's also a test of our faith once we know Jesus Christ. I remember when I got radically saved December the 7th, 1986, and I went back to Moorhead State University, got out of my car. Here I am just get radically touched by God. And I think it may have been the first time I was back on the university after I, I got born again, and I'm not even to my dorm room. I'm in my parking, uh, in the parking lot, and my roommate walks up to me and, and he says, look what I found. And he put a hardcore porn right in my face. Your faith will be tested. You like my shirt today? <laughs> Your faith will be, oh, if you don't know what it says, it says porn kills love. Your faith will be tested. Coming to know Christ, after you know Jesus Christ, your faith will be tested in many forms and fashions. Uh, either you will believe what the world says about your faith or the word says faith is a, a beautiful thing because God uses the avenue of faith to work through God doesn't use your even though compassion is a wonderful thing that doesn't move the hand of God God doesn't move isn't hand, moved by you screaming God is not moved by your 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 tears what God is moved by is faith it's impossible to please God without faith and your faith can grow. Your faith grows. How does it grow? I can feel weak in my faith sometimes. You know what I do? I go to the Word of God. I begin to read the Word. Why? Because faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's like God is this big powerhouse. And the way that He touches people in our city is by faith. And it's like you're a big breaker box. God wants to flow through you. He wants you to be a conduit for faith. And this breaker box, either your breakers can be on or they can be off. If they're off, faith comes and it kind of stops with you right there. And it doesn't, it doesn't, you're not a very good conduit, but God wants your breakers on so that you can receive the power of God and, and the truths of God's word and things that can set people free and save people. He wants to flow right through you. I encourage you to throw all your breakers on today because he wants to use you. He's, he's made it that way. He hasn't got anyone else. He uses man. And so throw your breaker, you know, just go ahead and flip the breaker off on your, your neighbor right there. Just flip the breaker on right there. So faith will flow through them because God wants me and you to be a good conduit. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Faith. Your faith will be tested. Listen to a couple of scriptures if you don't believe me in the area of your, your faith being tested. Listen to this one. 1 Peter 1.7. Just listen to this. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire may be found to the praise, the honor, the glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That genuineness, that genuineness is not kind of what you think it is in the English as it is in the Greek. In the Greek, that word genuineness means trustworthy and proven. 
It's almost the same exact word as being tested. It's just three or four words down from the Greek, almost exactly the word when you look at it, to be tested. James 1, 3 through 4 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Listen to this last sentence in the verse. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let me tell you that. A faith that is not tested is a faith not to be trusted. Your faith will be tested. Amen. Number two, relationships are tested. Relationship test. If you're married in here today and your marriage has not been through a test, it's only time. Because every relationship, your BFF will be tested. Your engagement will be tested. Every relationship, son, daughter, will be tested. Every relationship is tested. Why? Because the testing of it will help you grow, will help you. In going th- when you put metal in fire, guess what it does? It strengthens the metal and it causes the metal to be more flexible, okay? Let me give you an example. I told you that the number of 10 is the number of testing. About year 2000, me and my wife had been married, guess how many years? 10. You got it. You, 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 you down with me. Right around 10, 11 years, uh, she starts bugging me. And I start bugging her. Can you believe that? Can you believe that I would ever bug anybody? I know it's hard for you to believe, but I, I can do that. And so we're just you know, struggling. We're like, who are you? And who am I married to? And what's going on here? And we decide to, to go as pastors. We were pastors at the time. We, we need to sharpen up our relationship. And so we go to marriage counselor, who was our good friends, who were pastors, and pretty much say, you know, hey, she's bugging me, and I'm bugging her, and we're bugging each other, and we need to get the bugs out. And so can you help us? And, and they just listened to our story, and then they gave us some of the, the greatest counsel. They said, you know, the thing that you used to love about your wife, all the little things that you were so attracted to your wife about, is now bugging you. And J.O., all the things that your wife was attracted to you about, all the passion. and See, I'm passionate all the time. I can be mowing the grass and I'm passionate. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm pa- if you see me in the gym, I'm crazy. I'm passionate, right? It's not like I turn it off when I'm preaching. I'm passionate, right? And so... That can bug my wife at times, and I get it. And, but in the beginning, that attracted her, me to her, and many things that she was like was kind of the opposite, and I was attracted to her because of those things. And they gave us this word of advice. They says, you need to fall back in love with all the things that you first was attracted to on both sides. You need to fall back in love with the things that you are attracted to. And they challenge us with this. Hey, you can have a mediocre marriage or you can have a passionate, on fire marriage and it's going to be your choice. How many of you know that love is a decision? If you don't know, you need to listen to me today. If you don't, you're going to end up like a, a lot of Hollywood stars. You know, it's like in and out of love. In and out of love. Oh, I'm just signing another paper off right here because I just fell out of love. Why are you getting the door? I just out of love. Well, let me tell you right now, man, those goes up and down all over the place. 
Your emotions and feelings, and they're just like this, but you can choose to love your spouse. And I want to let you, you will be tested in this. Why? So that you can grow, so that your relationship can become stronger and more flexible and more like Jesus Christ. I'm not here to slam on you if you got a divorce, but hey, can I say this now from now on? Let's have a divorce-free zone. Come on, understand that, listen, you have a choice in the matter. You mean to tell me, J.O., I can, I can make a decision to love my wife? Absolutely. And you can throw on some, some sticks on that fire and cultivate the romance and cultivate that relationship once again. I want to let you know that every relationship is tested. And you can make a decision to walk through that test. If you pass the test, you will be blessed. Your relationship with your BFF, it will be tested. If you're in a, you have a girlfriend right now, or in, in, in maybe, uh, maybe you're engaged, it's going to be tested. You mean to tell me it's not always going to be infatuation and feel like everything's perfect, J.L.? Yeah, you better get over that fairy tale. <laughs> if, you, if you think that fairy tale is going to last for 30, 40, 50 years, you better get ready. You might end up in a nightmare. I'm serious, because you will go through a test, and I'm letting you know in advance that every relationship is tested. Relationship with the church. If you come here, you're like, oh, I just love Art of the City Church, man. I love the worship there. I've been there three times. Man, I love Pastor J.L. Ray Dean. Man, this is awesome. Man, my favorite church. You better watch it. That will be tested. Because I will offend you. I, I said, I've said it for years, and I'll say it again today. Come to Heart of the City Church and be offended. Because I don't want to set you up for failure. Man, when we're, we're a community here, we're family here. We love one another. We're not into plain church. It's the real deal. And in family, there is offenses. I will let you down. Our leaders will let you down. Your relationship with the church will be tested. But if you pass the test, you will be blessed. Okay? You with me? Relationships are tested. Every relationship you're in right now will be tested. Number three, the test of pressure. Pressure test. A lot of pressures in life. A lot of pressures due to many things. You know, it could be a new baby. It could be a new job. It could be a new relationship. It could be you're going through something physically. There's all kinds of pressure. I used to lay water line whenever I was in college during the summer, and we'd lay miles and miles of water line, three or four inch water line, and then there would be a pressure test to see if there was any leaks. And if there was any leaks, man, whew, oh my goodness, you had to go find the leak and so forth and so on. I think we go through pressure tests to see if there's any leaks in you and I. Listen to this scripture. It's, it's a powerful scripture in Acts 14, 22. Paul is speaking to the church. He's speaking to believers. Okay, it's important you know who someone's talking to so you don't go through, you don't go, well, he's talking about unbelievers there and they're going to be. No, he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. He's talking to the disciples. And he says this in Acts 14, 22. Paul says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, which is a beautiful thing, and saying, we must, look at that, we must through many tribulations 
enter the kingdom of God. We must through many. Everyone say through. God wants to get you through them. He doesn't want you to get stuck in them. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. When you come to know Jesus Christ, it's not all peachy. Matter of fact, it can be tough. It can really be stretching at times, okay? In the, in the long haul, is it good? Oh, it's awesome and it's great. But there's times where we're going to, Paul made it very clear. Hey, get your head out of the sand. Through many tribulations shall you enter the kingdom of God. What is a tribulation? A tribulation is times, pressure times. It can be for many reasons, but I like to look at it this way. In the Greek, I kind of get the definition, definition like this. To be made narrow by pressure. To be made narrow by prayer. So if you back up to my point while ago in relationships, all of a sudden a husband and wife is an, in a very narrowed situation and there's a lot of pressure in their life. And before you know it, one of them goes, this is too much pressure and this is too tight and they bail. Guess what that's called? It's called a divorce. It's called a divorce, right? Because the thing is, is that God wants to get you through the tight pressure spots. You're going to go through tight pressure, pressure spots in your relationship. You're going to go through tight pressure spots in your uh, work. You're going to go through tight pressure spots in your life. Through many tribulations shall you enter the kingdom of God. You're going to have tight pressure spots at times in your life. But this is what's beautiful about it. Think about a woman who's pregnant right now. All of a sudden that baby has just been baking for nine, uh, uh, whatever, you know, being created and formed for nine months and then guess what takes place doesn't some pressure come what's the pressure do forces the baby into the what no go with me not into the world yet go with me i'm not a not a woman and i haven't delivered a baby but come on the pressure forces the baby into the what thank you birth canal and so so here we go pressure pressure Tightness, and guess what takes place? All of a sudden, the baby is born, and there's life. There's new life. So many times, the thing that you ask God to do in your life, and right there, while you're in that narrow by pressure place, you start having a meltdown going, God, what's going on? And he's like, you prayed about this. I'm trying to help you this. I'm trying to transform you. I'm the clay maker in the moment. And, and then all of a sudden, if you hold on and you don't bail... If you don't bail, guess what's going to hit you? You're going to hit new life. You're, you're going to grow. It's going to be beautiful when you get through that narrow by pressure time in your life. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs 24.10. If you faint in the day of adversity, everyone say adversity. adversity. It's beautiful if you look in the Greek certain words of, of, of how this connects. If you don't faint in the day of adversity, your strength, I mean, it says this, I'm sorry. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. What do you think adversity means? Adversity means tightness. When you're going through that tribulation, that tight time in your life, it could be in a, a sickness, affliction, it could be at work, it could be at school, raising kids, marriage, all kinds of things. You know, God don't want you to blow a gasket right under the pressure test. He wants you to pass that because on the other side of the pressure test, it's beautiful life, beautiful life, a beautiful thing that God is preparing you for. Uh, listen to this scripture, Romans 12, 12. Rejoicing in hope, 
patient in tribulation. Patient in it. God, I'm kind of skinny right now. This is, I'm about to have a melt. I'm about to blow a fuse. Hold, hold on. And he'll get you to the other side. Life. You're about right there. You're, you're, you're right, at the, right at the point of life. Patient in tribulation, continued steadfastly in prayer. Number four, purity test. Purity test. This is a test that God wants every one of us to test, uh, to take, well, not to take, but to, to pass. Purity test. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. That's always stuck with me. Even as a youth pastor for many years, man, blessed are the pure in heart. If you're pure in heart, guess what's going to happen? You're going to see God. I mean, something just reigns beautiful with me in that. There's many areas in our life that we are tested in in the area of purity. Especially you've been married before and all of a sudden you're hooking up with somebody. Purity. The things that you can do in your office that no one sees, someone does see purity that word purity in that scripture right there blessed are the pure in heart that word is katharos katharos that's where we get the word catheter okay blessed are the katharos in heart for they will see god blessed are those listen you may you may be faced with impurities but what does the catheter do it filtrates it purifies it gets all the bad things out of your kidneys or what have you maybe you're trying to get well that catheter works for you you may be faced with impurities but you wanted to go in and right out you may be dealing with lust and all of a sudden you're attacked by the enemy or all of a sudden you know you get some kind of weird text or weird email someone just trying to set you up listen to me blessed are the pure in heart goes in and right out you don't let it set in your heart You use that in your thinking. You use that with your eyes in and out, in and out, in and out. See, you may not be able to stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can stop them from making a nest because a lot of it has to do with your, your eyes and your ears and your thinking pure in heart. God wants us to walk in purity. How many of you like brownies? Like, Just think about brownies, a big old pan of warm brownies, just just pull them out and going to share brownies with everyone. And that's very delightful, isn't it? Until I tell you that I picked up feces in the yard and I ground the brownies up and made the flour out of dog feces. Okay, what's your point with J.O.? Are you trying to be crude? I'm not trying to be crude. I'm trying to let you know that, you know, you can kind of fly under the radar when it comes to purity. But you're not really flying under the radar. Here's some good, good steps for you to walk in purity. Come on, be authentic, be transparent. Keep short accounts. If you make a mistake, keep short accounts. Confession, stay accountable. Man, the church is here. There's city groups. There's brothers and sisters that want to walk with you to see you overcome in this area of purity. You're going to bless your family. You're going to live a blessed life. I'm telling you, flying under the radar, you're not blessed. Porn kills. 
Absolutely. You're not flying under the radar. Oh, I may not know it. About people in the church may not know it. But I'm going to tell you right now, God knows it. And your family and your relationship is not blessed. Come on, everyone say purity. purity. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are those who are catharists in heart. In and out. Come on. You watch, you guard your heart, for out of it flows the, all the issues of life. Amen? I'm going to do this last one. I'm going to end with five because I did five the other services even though I did ten last night. The fifth test. Let me just tell you some of the other tests today that I was hoping to get to. I was hoping to get to the integrity test. I was hoping to get the t- to the test of time. Uh, I was hoping to get to these dis- different ones. In a, uh, the test of forgiveness. Well, that's a, we have that every week where we have many opportunities where we can forgive. Are we going to pass the test and be blessed? Or are we not going to pass the test? Come on. This one is the last one. So I need you to put the stones way underneath the seat because for some reason, it's like this one really can ruffle some feathers. Okay? You got your stones so you can't get to them? Because I don't want to get stoned today. Here we go. Tithe test. The tithe test. About every week, about every other week for certain people, about every month for certain families, there's a test. What will you do whenever you get your paycheck? Are you going to honor God? Are you going to love God? Uh, How are you going to do that? It's a test that I think that a lot of people are faced with weekend or every other week according how you get who are you going to worship who are you going to honor who are you going to love who are you going to think okay so malachi 3 6 i want to hopefully show you a couple of scriptures today that maybe you have never seen in this area of malachi if you got your bibles turn to malachi 3 because i really think that you'll want to outline a few of these malachi 3 6 says this I think this is way, way cool. The first thing that he says, uh, Malachi 3, 6, he says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. I am the Lord, I do not change. And then he says this, Therefore you're not consumed. (laughs) I haven't smoked you because I'm a God of love and a God of mercy and I'm a God that doesn't change. I think that's so, so cool. Oh, sons of Jacob. You see, God... He doesn't change. God can't change. Because God is the best. God can't get better. Therefore, He can't change. God God can't do bad, so He's not going to get worse. God is perfect. Therefore, it's impossible for God to change. And there's not a God of the Old Testament, a God of the New Testament, an angry God, and an... He's God. God is God. You didn't vote God in. Your vote doesn't keep Him in. And you can't vote God out. He's God that doesn't change. Follow that? And He says that in that particular Scripture for a reason. Look at verse now 7. Look what He says. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from all ordinances what ordinance did we go away from what is an ordinance jo an ordinance is nothing tough it's just something that you would ordinary do what is something that you would ordinary do 
God is saying that you stopped doing. And he goes on to explain what that is. You've not, you've gone away from my ordinance. You've not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way would we return to you? And then he goes in and he begins to say this, pretty radical speaking. Now, throughout Malachi, it keeps saying, the Lord says, the Lord says, the Lord of hosts. You know why he says that? Because he wants people to really know that God is saying it and not of the man. Okay? So he says this, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Listen to this pretty radical scripture here. It says, you are cursed with a curse. I don't think anybody wants to be under a curse. Amen? Anybody want to be under a curse? He doesn't say that I'm going to put you under a curse. He says you're cursed with a curse because you've robbed God. How do you rob God? I mean, he has everything. How do you rob God? And he says, he made it very clear with tithes and offerings. How does that happen, J.O.? See, tithe never belonged to you. Tithe has always been God's. What is a tithe? Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! You, you, you robbed him of tithe. See, the 10%, the tithe, doesn't belong to me and you. The only way that you can rob something or rob someone is taking something that doesn't belong to them or keeping something that doesn't belong to you. See, the tithe is never, ever, ever yours. The ordinance that he speaks of is that you got away from this ordinary thing. Why is it ordinary? Because it's been going on for a long time. It's going on before the law. 430 years before the law, this guy named Abraham ran into a guy named Melchizedek. You know who we think Melchizedek was? Jesus. Jesus pops up in the Old Testament. Melchizedek did not have a genealogy. Melchizedek didn't have a beginning or an end. Who does that sound like? Guess what Abraham did? Abraham gave Melchizedek, this high priest, a tithe of everything. What does Abraham represent? Abraham represents faith, and Abraham represents promise. Abraham was before the law. You following that? Okay, so listen to this. Almost through. It says, you've robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, for there will be food in my house. He says, try me now in this, and some translation says, test me. I think the test is when we test God in this area. Our test is when we truly test Him in this area. And He goes on to say, says the Lord of hosts, this is what God wants to do. This is what God wants to do to His people. This, this whole series is the blessed life. Look what God wants to do. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out on you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that, you, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations, look what it will do, will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. J.O., how do you say that a Christian can be cursed? 
Listen to me real good. How can a Christian be cursed? Jesus hung on a tree. Cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. How can a Christian be cursed? Well, I think a Christian can live in such a way that they're not blessed. Even though they're, they believe in Jesus. Let me give you an example. All of a sudden you desire when you leave here, I'm going to I'm gonna go get my, my fortune told. I'm going to call 1-800-PSYCHIC. I think that you can really come under a curse. Oh, Jay, I'm just going to hide out in my office and check out porn. I think that you can come under a curse by the way that you live. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Well, let me give you an example. How many of you know that Jesus, according to Isaiah, bore your sins? We've read that. We've sang it. How many know that he bore your sins on the cross? Yes? Let me ask you this. Have you ever sinned? You mean you sinned? But he bore the sin. He bore your sin. How he sinned? You see what I mean? How many of you know that he was striped on his back for your healing? Come on, come on, go with me, church. Don't get quiet on me now. I'm about done. How many know that you were, he was striped on his back for your healing? How many of you have ever been sick? Wow. Okay, J.O., well, then it's this. Malachi is in the Old Testament in his law. Well, let's talk about that just for a minute. Jesus came and fulfilled all the law. He fulfilled all the ceremonial laws, over 600, civic laws. But how about moral laws what do you mean by that jo let me give you an example how many of you because you're under grace how many of you feel like i'm just going to go kill my neighbor today <laughs> how many of you think it's just okay to murder why not you're under grace what why, why, why don't you think how about this one i'm just going to commit adultery wait a minute you're under grace well, J.O., I think, I think I'm just going to lie. It's okay. I'm under grace. I'm, you think lying's okay under grace? See, do you think that something that was right under the law, does it make it wrong under grace? You hear that? If something was right under the law, like the Ten Commandments, does it make it wrong under grace? No, it doesn't. Jesus challenged that point in a huge way. This is what he told the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I thank God that we are totally under grace, completely under grace. But there's this thing that God wants us to do. He wants us to live right. You ever heard of righteousness? He wants me and you to live right. We don't want to not live right and go, hey, man, I can just live like hell because I'm under grace. Wait a minute. Time stinking out. Time out on that, bro. That is not right. That's not righteous living. Come on, that's not morally right. If you're not loving God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself, we got a problem, Houston. So this is what Jesus says about this. See, the law would address the action. Hey, you commit adultery, you're breaking the law. Jesus even goes higher. He goes, hey, I don't want you to even think about it. One is law, action. One is even the intent or the thought of it. Listen to this scripture and I'm about done. For I said, cold red, Jesus says this. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. See, our righteousness must what was the righteousness 
of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It was the law. God wants our righteousness to exceed that of living right. Not just by our mouth service, but our actions. He challenges with that. Now what's cool about the grace of God, when we're doing our best and we still fall short, guess what? His grace is sufficient. When sin, when sin escalates in our life, guess what grace does? It's even more. So He will help you pass the test. But don't walk around going, I can just live however I want to live because I'm under grace. Jesus just totally, He hit that pretty hard. Amen? Are you seeing that today? The test of tithe. Let me finish with this. Why do I think it's in Malachi? About 12 verses from Matthew. I think it's only 12 verses from Matthew so that it would be a test. A test. Pass the test and you will be blessed. I wish I could get to my other test today, but I can't. Will you stand to your feet? I had the forgiveness test. I had many opportunities. I had the integrity test. I had the test of being overlooked and forgotten. I had the value test and the test of time. Might get to them one day. But with the ones that I've shared with today, what God, what's God doing in your heart? What's God doing in your heart? Would you just bow your head for a moment? Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, just with your head down and your, your eyes shut for a moment, the test of your faith. Test of your faith. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to let you know, wow, this is your moment. This is your day that you can step out of darkness into His light. You can step out of death into life. Your name can be written in a book of life eternally relationship with God Almighty through Jesus Christ. He says He makes all things new. Behold, everything He makes new. Today, if you don't know Christ, and maybe you've walked away from Him, maybe you've never known Him before, but if you haven't known Christ and you desire to have a relationship with Him, to begin a relationship with Him, we'd like to pray with you. Would you just put your hand in the air so I can see it? Just say, J.O., that's me. I see that hand. Who else? Man, I need to begin this relationship. I need to get right back on track. Anybody else? See your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand in the back, sir. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? You know when the Holy Spirit's doing something in your heart. I like to take my time here just for a moment because... It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old or if you're 8 years old. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. No more than going to Starbucks makes me a latte. The only thing that makes you a Christian is Jesus Christ living inside of you. Being Lord and Savior of your life. Is He your Lord? Is He your King? Does He live inside of you today? Anyone else? I see your hand, ma'am. Anyone else? I want to say a prayer. And I want those that raise their hand to pray with me right now. And then I'm going to ask you to come forward and meet right over here with Craig and Connor. Connor, where are you at, Connor? Uh, Craig right here. And Nate, I want you to go over there and help him. Let's pray. Those that raise their hand, I just want you to pray with me right now. Say this from your faith. 
and from your heart. Lord Jesus, say it out loud. Maybe some Christians around them can help them, okay? Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and where I've offended you and broken your heart. I ask you today to be my Lord, my King, my Savior, and God. All of my chips are in. I sell out to you, to you today. Thank you for saving me. I ask that you would wash over me. I surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen.